Hey everybody, this is episode 7 of Artist Soapbox. Special thanks to two patrons of Artist Soapbox, Tim and Linda Kassane, who despite a travel-rich and adventurous retirement, always find an internet connection to support and listen to my work. Thanks mom and dad. I love you. Aww. You can support Artist Soapbox via our Patreon campaign, www.patreon.com slash artist soapbox, and I'll put that link in the show notes. Thanks so much, and let's get on with it. Hello, and welcome to Artist Soapbox, a podcast featuring artists from the Triangle region of North Carolina talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am Tamara Kassane. In this episode, I'm speaking with Thaddeus Edwards. Thaddeus, a North Carolinian by birth, is a performing arts professional who's been featured on stage with Man Bites Dog Theater, Little Green Pig Theatrical Concern, Cape Fear Regional Theater, Both Hands Theater Company, Flying Machine Theater Company, and more. By day, he works with the UNC School of Social Work and as a standardized patient at Duke Hospital and the American Board of Anesthesiology in Raleigh. Thaddeus is playing Uncle Vanya in the production of Life Sucks by Aaron Posner, previewing October 26th, which is the day of the recording, at Man Bites Dog Theater in Durham. Today we will be digging into Thaddeus' journey as an actor, inhabiting iconic characters, acting offstage, and more. Hello, Thaddeus. Hi, Tamara. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. You're in a show that previews tonight, the day tonight. of the recording, which is sort of a soft opening for the show. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling, I think, non-stereotypically calm. Like, I I was thinking about it this morning, and I think uh, usually I have a little bit of anxiety, you know, leading up to preview, but yeah, not today. You not you seem cool, cool as a cucumber right now. <laughs> I like it. That's how we all should feel going into it. Yeah. You and I met about 10 years ago when you acted, I know, 10 years, right? <laughs> I know. When you acted in several shows that Cheryl Shambly and I produced as Both Hands Theater Company. So shout out to Cheryl and the Both Yay. Hands people if you're listening. But I realized I don't know how you came into acting and theater before that. Mm-hmm. So what is your origin story? Your theater <laughs> origin story. So I was born on an alien planet. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> theater Trom. Um, yeah, so my... The the way I tend to describe it is that I I guess I sort of answered a calling in some way. I did uh, some theater when I was in high school. I uh, did uh, three plays, um, and after after I graduated high school, um, I decided, well, you know, that was fun to do as a kid now I need to you know grow up and do like non-kid things. Grown-ups don't do acting. Right. (laughs) So I yeah I sort of stepped away even though I really enjoyed it but um, several years later I was um, working on a job that I like I really enjoyed it was like super cool Um, I loved my co-workers I was doing like really interesting stuff yet I felt like something was missing Hmm. out of my life. And I, you know, I, I felt this feeling um, for quite some time, and I sort of slowly started to notice uh, it was like this, this pattern of numbers that just started appearing, like, mm. or, or, or I just I noticed them sort of everywhere, and I thought, you know, this is just 
odd. I don't know what that is. Um, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine who, to this day, I still um, sort of introduce him as the reason why I'm an actor today. Hmm. And we, I, I explained all of this to him and everything, and he said, you know, you seem to be the sort of person who needs, who, who feeds off of attention. And not like in a, you know, you know, like in a very attention seeking way, mm -hmm. but just in a way that what he saw was that I came alive, like in a, in a really particular way, mm -hmm. um, either like when I was telling a story or when people were listening to me, like that sort of thing. And from that, um, uh, you know, observation of his, um, it, it sort of dawned on me that I needed to do something that allowed me to tell stories, mm -hmm. you know, to, to tell stories, to, um, to capture the attention of people, which is what led me basically back into theater, which is, it, it led me back onto the stage. So that, so that was step one. Step two was figuring out what those weird numbers were. <laughs> yes, I want to hear more about the numbers. That's yeah. very intriguing. So the, the numbers were, I, somehow I started noticing this pattern of numbers. Um, and I saw it everywhere and it was, it was 212. At the, at the time, I didn't connect it to anything. But I think it was like the same day or two days after I had this, you know, revelation, you know, with, with my friend, Gavin. Um, I, opened, I opened the indie. And I was, you know, flipping through and I saw this little advertisement um, where a, like an independent film was going to be shot in Chapel Hill hmm. and they were looking for extras and all you had to do was just call a number and the area code was 212. It's a sign. It's a sign. And that, that turned out to be my first gig. Hmm. Um, and it was it was for like an independent film um, called The Pink House uh, by uh, Tessa Blake and Ian Williams. Um, this was back in 2000, 2001, I think, wow. 2001 or 2002. So yeah, and that, that turned out to be yeah my first gig. And yeah, I just started meeting people and then, you know, reaching out and, and looking for more opportunities after that. Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that. <laughs> and now you are playing... Yeah, and now I'm playing Vanya. Vanya, which is such a bucket list role, right? <laughs> well, you know, so I, I, I confess, like, I think there are, there are huge chunks of um, the sort of the, the Western canon that, that I don't necessarily connect to. Mm -hmm. um, and I, yeah, I, you know, I think in, in some ways Chekhov is that for me. I would say a lot of like Shakespeare's history plays are <laughs> like that for me, just like a lot of this stuff. I think like, I know it's like, it's a, it's a, it is a significant, you know, sort of like role in the Western canon. Um, it's one of, it's one of those plays that I, re I remember when we started rehearsals, we went around the room talking about like our, uh, you know, like our, our feelings mm -hmm. on, on Uncle Vanya as a play. And when it came around to me, I was like, yeah, I don't really, I don't really remember a whole lot of, because like, I know I've read, you know, like the four big plays 
And I kept, the more I thought about Vanya, the more I kept thinking about like a gazebo and a park and everything. And I was like, actually, I think I'm just thinking of a seagull. <laughs> They're all kind of the same idea. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, for those people who are unfamiliar, let's catch, a, catch our listeners up. Yes. I wanted to read a quick description of the play that you're in, which is an adaptation of Chekhov's Uncle Vanya. Mm -hmm. And this play is called Life Sucks. It's by Aaron Posner. And the description is this. Life sucks, or does it? A group of old friends, ex-lovers, estranged family members, and lifelong enemies gather at a house in the country to grapple with life's thorniest questions and with each other in Posner's hilarious and moving update of the Chekhov classic. So you have Jeff Storer as the director, an incredible design team, an incredible cast. I mean, I cannot wait to see this. I was able to read a script and and I also read the old, the, the original Uncle Vanya because I wanted to kind of compare them. So it's clearly an adaptation yeah. of Chekhov's <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Vanya. But the audience shouldn't feel pressure to read the original prior to seeing this. I feel like it really stands on its own. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's a. I think it's it's also been um, credited as a as a sort of mm. adaptation because I think we um, you get the 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 sort of the broad you know, um, sweep of the story of Uncle Vanya. Um, but, but our play is really the, the original play is a starting off point, you know, and then life sucks is, is, is just a meditation, um, that's sort of built on top of the structure, hmm. you know, of, of Uncle Vanya. Mm -hmm. Now the original was written or published, I should say, in 1898. Mm -hmm. And the version that y'all are doing is was published in 2016. Yeah. It feels, it still feels really fresh to me as a story. Why well, do you absolutely. think that works? Well, because I think, you know, like a lot of, like a lot of plays that are, that are constructed around like observation of humanity you know that there are there are just things that don't really change about human beings. Mm -hmm. You know, pe people want things. You know, people feel things. Mm -hmm. You know, they experience loss. They experience joy. All of these things, and I, I think that you know, Uncle Vanya is is about that. It it is about it is about <laughs> loss and longing. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, those are experiences, emotions, feelings um, that human beings have felt for thousands of years and will continue to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so that there, there is a, there is a really basic understanding of the human ex experience um, that the that is the backbone of the story, mm -hmm. um, which is why I think that um, you know it's it's timeless. Right. As you are stepping into Vanya's shoes, you talked about loss and longing, and I think um, the playwright talks about this play as being about love as well. Mm -hmm. And what do you think Vanya is longing for? <laughs> Vanya is longing for love. Mm. I think that is 
the most succinct way of putting it. He, he is longing for loving um, without reservation, you know, loving without restriction and being loved, mm -hmm. being accepted, um, being being consumed by the love and acceptance of others. Um, and I think that's that is something that I feel a lot of people, um, I, I would assume, um, I mean, because it, that, you know, that's also something that, you know, I think powers me from time to time. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't think I'm special in that regard. Um, yeah, he just, yeah, he, he just wants to be loved. Mm -hmm. He wants to be loved. He, he wants, I think he wants people to um, put down and step away from the the shit that they put up between each other. Hmm. Be real. Just be real. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and to be authentic, um, to reveal who they are deep down um, and accept those things. Yeah, love those things. The playwright describes Vanya as a smart, sweet, passionate, insightful, wound tight failure. <laughs> Do you see him as a failure? Can you even see him as a failure as you inhabit him? I see him as deeply wounded. Um, he is, as I understand him, affected by loss of loved ones and by the failure of acquisition, hmm. um, I would say. Say more about that. Well, he, he longs for someone to love him in a way that they, they don't have love for him, right. and he's unwilling to accept what they are giving, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that speaks to his failure to adapt, maybe, you know, his, his, his failure to get out of his own head, to, mm -hmm. to essentially to get out of his own way, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think that he has, he experiences, you know, a, a failure of ways of thinking. Hmm. Um, so that he, he is his own worst enemy. Maybe it's the connotation of the term failure. Um, like it, it feels like it, it's got that hard F. Right, <laughs> right. Know? Definitely feels like a criticism, very yeah. pointed criticism. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, there are things that Vanya has failed at, uh -huh. but I would not characterize him as a failure. I don't, I don't think I would put him in that box. You know, I, I, I think that he can't get out of his own way. Yeah. It's so interesting. I am also resisting calling him a failure, I think, because I identify with him so much as I read the play. Yeah. It's sort of as though he speaks my inner monologue often. He's not, <laughs> he's not consistently likable, shall we say. I and agree with he that. has some flaws, but they're very, he puts them right out there. I mean, right. and what I love, and I love that about him because 
sort of that is my inner child, mm. the, the one who wants to just be able to say things and have little fits, but still have people like me regardless. Yes. And I, I feel like that is something that he is wrestling with. Like, mm -hmm. I know I'm being a jerk, but I want you to love me anyway. Why can't you? <laughs> and um, I feel like sometimes I think that about the world. Yeah. And I and I don't think I'm alone in that either. As I go back to that character, I just identify with him more and more and as a fellow human and not mm -hmm. as a failure. Because I suppose we all have failed at things. Well, I mean, but it, it's it's also, I, I think of, um, <laughs> there's a, a song in A Little Night Music, uh, Now, Later, Soon. And at the, the first, it, it's a three-person song, but the, the first chunk of it, um, the character is a lawyer and he has this very structured um, sort of flow chart way of thinking. Mm. And the way he moves through his thinking is that everything is a choice of A or B. He can go down path A, he can go down path B. If he goes down path A, then that cuts off everything from path B. And, you know, there are paths like one and two that, you know, branch off of A and three and four that branch off of B. If he goes down B, he can't do one and two. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that as we move through life, we become more aware of the branches, mm -hmm. you know, that because we, because we, you know, finished school, we maybe didn't have the experience of dropping out and, mm -hmm. you know, just backpacking through South America or mm -hmm. something like that. And maybe that's why we never, you know, climbed Machu Picchu. Right. 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 Exactly. You, you realize that you've lost opportunities and you'll never be able to get them. Right. And so that part of, I think, the process of continuing through life is coming to terms with the, the past you lost and the potential you lost as a result. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, there, there's, a, there's a sort of hokey um, sort of web 2.0 term for it, uh, FOMO, like the yeah, fear of right. missing out, right? <laughs> And that's not a that's not a new thing, obviously. But I think it's just like that is that is life. Like that is, that is the experience of life. Is there there are things that we can experience. That are things that there are things that we are yet to experience. And there are things that just have passed us by. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, mm -hmm. right? Like we can tie ourselves up into knots. Um, trying to uh, sort of grasp from the from the, the trash pile of you know like history you know like oh like th these are the things that I missed out on um, but that just it, it, it keeps us doubled over mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um, and just trying to you know sort of scurry and recover you know these things that that are not recoverable and don't necessarily serve us to right. attempt to recover them. Right. One of the things that I like about Posner's adaptation is the way that he fleshes out the characters, including the women characters in particular. Yes. Yes. And I was talking to Jessica Fleming, who is who plays Ella in Life Sucks and incidentally will also be a podcast guest here in November. Nice, yeah. And yeah, yay. And she said that she thought it was noteworthy that the production at Man Bites Dog 
quote, has brown people on stage in the adaptation of a play that is usually associated with white Europeans, unquote. Do you think mm -hmm. that's noteworthy? I do, I do, I absolutely do. Um, I, I think that it, it provides an opportunity to read the story um, in all these like new and new little ways, you know, like ways that I don't presume were um, expected, you know, like even by the playwright, but it just, it, it provides like all these little opportunities to see stories that are hinted at hmm. by the reality of the bodies that we're seeing on stage. Hmm. Um, and I think it's, it's something that adds that, that, that adds depth, that can add this other dimension. There's the text, which tells a, a literal story, right? Um, and then there is, you know, like sort of all the, the subtext. Um, but then there is this other dimension, which is, you know, what does, what does it mean or what does it look like? What is the... What is the picture, you know, of seeing this person of color and, um, you know, like this this white person having this particular conversation? Mm -hmm. You know, what are what are the things that, like, what are the things that they're not saying be because they don't have to say them hmm. because they may have already had that conversation. They understand the deepness of the other person's experience so that they can speak to a really specific thing at this point in time. Um, I, think it, I think it does really interesting things to queer what we think of when a character, when, it, when, it, when, an, when an actor um, within a certain body says something that we don't expect them to say. Hmm. It's like, oh. Huh, like I never would have thought of, you know, like, oh, of, of this person having that experience that they're talking about, um, which I think only speaks to a narrowing of how we perceive people. Do you have an example of an unexpected thing that comes out of somebody's mouth? There's a line that, that Vanya says where he's talking about like what he always loved most about Jewish theology, and I can, I can imagine that coming from um, an actor who reads as white or who reads as more, um, you know, stereotypically Jewish. Um, but to come out of my, you know, black body, like mm -hmm. I, you know, that it, it, I think it does something different. You mm -hmm. know, like it, it makes, I think it makes thinking about. Um, Jewishness differently. It makes thinking about blackness differently. Mm -hmm. um, like a relationship between being black and being Jewish. Mm -hmm. You know, the things that I, I can only imagine many people don't think about. Mm -hmm. um, but I, like, I know, you know, black people who are Jewish. <laughs> you know, it like certainly that. points us back to our own assumptions. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it sort of puts a little flag, like, oh, 
Yeah. That surprised me. Why did that surprise me? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there's everything, everything. <laughs> Look at my things. Did you, <laughs> did you talk about this as a cast in rehearsal? We talked about that a little bit. Um, we, 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 you know, covered um, a lot of these ideas at the very beginning of the process. And I think that they, you know, th those were really fruitful conversations because it allowed us to, um, one, not put on some characters or, or put on some characterizations that were not, that either were, were not us as the actors, that were not actually who the characters were, and to find a middle ground mm -hmm. between our internal idea of who this character might be and who we are on stage, mm -hmm. which, uh, of course, is just the work of building a character anyway, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it's also like allowing ourselves to expand what our image of that character can even be. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, as I mentioned earlier, had the opportunity to read Aaron Posner's script, and there were many fun and illuminating notes that the audience will not see, and I found them to be quite a treat. So yes. if you have the opportunity to get a copy of the script, I recommend it. For example, he names all of the mini scenes, he goes into detail about the acting style, and then he makes a lot of technical notations for interruptions, overlaps, and text that can be changed to suit the actor playing the role. Yes, indeed. He also describes the relationship between the audience and the actors slash characters. I didn't expect so much direct address to the audience. Yeah. How, talk about that. How do you approach that? Well, so as, you know, I, I, I think there is, there is the part um, in any rehearsal process where you rehearse up to a point and then you know that the audience needs to come in to give everything more life, mm -hmm. right? And so that there is an implicit understanding that the audience is like an additional character, right? That's just made explicit. Hmm. In, you know, in, in, in this script that the audience is, the audience is there to be a sounding board for what these characters are going through, huh. to be another, you know, um, I would say like a, a, a pair of eyes, but it's, you know, many pairs of <laughs> eyes. You know, but, but the, the, it's the, uh, the presence of the audience that is a very important um, part of the story. Hmm. Um, it's it's that these these characters have questions, have these things that they're grappling with, and they've they've been grappling with these things for the past hundred and thirty years. Right. And it takes a new group of people to come into the room for them to say, okay, this is what we need to talk about. What what do you guys think? Right. <laughs> you know, like what like what 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 thoughts do you know do you folks have? Like you know, 
what what's going on with us that sort of thing I like the I like that reframing of it because in, as an audience member I hate audience participation like, <laughs> I, I want the shield to go up <laughs> yeah. and then I want you to do your thing up sta on stage and I'll do my thing in the audience <laughs> and like let's not talk <laughs> so when I read that in the script I was like oh no I'm gonna have to sit in the back row but I love this idea of really making explicit that you're not in your house watching a movie. Mm -hmm. You, We are all live people in a space. Your presence has an impact on what's happening on stage yeah. and vice versa. So be present and participate. Yeah. And that's cool. We're all breathing the same air. Mm -hmm. We are all in the same room. Mm -hmm. We are all, you know, these, these living, breathing, um, organisms, these individuals, but also part of a group, you know, and, and that we can, we can sit in this room together and, and, and think and feel and just question, you know, just, just, just throw it up against the wall and say, okay, what do you think? Mm -hmm. I like it. All right, I'm changing my mind about that. <laughs> now, <laughs> the title of the play is Life Sucks. I talked to my daughter this morning about that, and she had lots of questions about <laughs> the title and what it meant. And I think it's a very interesting choice to title a play so strongly. Yeah. And clearly, at this point in Banya's life, he has fully subscribed to that idea that life yeah. sucks. Thaddeus, do you think that life sucks? It can. It can, all right. Yeah, it can. Yeah. Life is awesome. Life is wonderful. Life is terrible and horrible and scary. <laughs> life is so many things. <laughs> but do you think that's what the play is telling us? Ultimately, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah, ultimately, yeah. Like, life is telling us that there are, there are as many different things for life to do as there are people. Mm -hmm. If if today sucks for you, then yeah, life sucks. If today is awesome for you, life is awesome. Right. You know, if you got like an award, life is incredible. It's abundant. It is it is it is all of these things. Yeah. Um it is all about the way we we frame it and the way we see it. Um, and that is up to us as, you know, individuals at, 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 at any given time, you know, to, to decide, like, how are we going to frame what life is or what today is or what this minute is, what this hour is? I think I'm going to add some imaginary punctuation sure. to the title. So it's life sucks, dot, 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 or life sucks, comma, <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. there's something that comes after that. I, I don't yeah. think it's a period. Right, and that's actually what I think is really um, like a neat little, I don't know, a, a little detail about, yeah, the way that the title is styled is that, yeah, there is a period. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's only one point of view. Oh, it's like one moment in time. Yeah, in it's like that, um, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to buzz market, but there is a, <laughs> there is a, a, a commercial for a large technology company um, We'd love to sponsor Artist Soapbox <laughs> which if you're be listening. Amazing. <laughs> but the I, I think it's it, it actually has like a really interesting um, sort of foundational concept, which is 
you know, it's, it's about like, you know, like what, what your smartphone is supposed to do, right? And it says, you know, maybe your, like your device doesn't or can't do X, right? And there's a period. And basically they're just saying, well, like, why not turn that into a question? You know, like it mm. can't do that. Hmm. Why not? Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, you know, it, it, it speaks to, you know, like what you just said is the the way it is punctuated, whether it's a period, an ellipsis, a question mark, um, like a, like a dash, um, interrobang, whatever, <laughs> like we get to choose what that is. Choose your punctuation. Yeah, choose your punctuation. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. We need, I'm, I'm having a hard time here because I have a whole <laughs> list of questions, but I only have so much time. So, a big question that I have for mm -hmm. you. You've done a lot of plays. I've at done a lot of plays. <laughs> and, and you've done a lot of plays at Mandite's Dog Theater, uh -huh. and this is their final season. Yeah. For folks who are unaware, this is Mandite's Dog Theater's 31st season and last season. Yeah. They are selling the building and transforming into a support and funding agency for theater makers in this region. So the proceeds from the sale of the building will be um, transferred into a fund at Triangle Community Foundation to support artists in the area. I'm not sure as a community we've really accepted what a loss this is going to be and maybe that's because yeah. the season is still happening so it still seems like things are just fine yeah. and next year when it's dark we're all going to be crying into our beer yeah. but yeah. I'm curious since you are now moving through that in rehearsal has the loss and and celebration because of course part of this is celebrating all that has come before mm -hmm. but there's a lot of emotion around this has that entered into the rehearsal process with Jeff directing <laughs> and a lot of the the favorites in the room you know yeah in 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 a lot of little ways um, when we sat down for our first table read um, there was this sublime moment, um, when a, there's a, a revelation that is made, um, that, that, a, a, what a character is deciding to do, um, with a homestead in the play, which sort of ripples out, right? you know, and when we got to that scene, like I, I hadn't thought of it in that way until we were sitting there at the table, like reading it aloud. And I was like, oh. And I, I looked up at Jeff and I think the question for me was, oh, okay, like, is this why you picked up this play? Is this why we're doing this? And, you know, like we asked the question, like after we finished, he hadn't thought of that. Like he like he he picked it because he he loved the play Life Sucks you know when he saw it in Chicago, um, loves Uncle Vanya and and you know just like loves the characters and and all of these things but the the condensation you know of the larger experience is also 
happening within the play itself, mm -hmm. which I think is is one of those sort of like magical poetic things about art and theater. I think there are a lot of ways that it also hasn't necessarily hit me. I would say like emotional. Like I, I mean, there are there are um, all these you know cerebral ways that you know like I'm aware. This is this this is my final performance at Man Bites Dog in that building in that space, and there are so many memories that um, I would treasure for the rest of my life that were made in that building. Mm -hmm. And I think I don't know, like maybe maybe there's you know part of me that just is not willing to get like too precious about it because. Those are those are memories that I will continue to have, you know, mm -hmm. like I have them, you know, beyond access to that building. And I think I I choose not to mourn in anticipation. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll put it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like it is it is it is a a transition that is going to be in in unmeasurable you know event um for the for the triangle theater community um but yeah i don't know i i, I i'm not sure i want to get too precious about it mm -hmm. and maybe that's just because you know like oh, i'm i'm looking forward to you know the preview and, and opening and everything so so that there is something about this energy that still feels like it's building and it's moving forward um yeah, I don't know. Talk to me at, at strike. Right, right. <laughs> well, Ed and Jeff, if you're listening, Man Bites Dog is a treasure. And thank you so much yes. for the wonderful gift that you've given to our community and the gift that you will continue to give. I think the fact that uh, a, a fund is going to be established is just a wonderful vote of confidence Absolutely. for the theater makers in this area. It's extremely generous and it just makes my heart really full. I can't wait to see the show tonight yeah. and the shows moving yeah. forward. So I want to say that there are a list of things that I'm not going to get a chance to talk to you about, Thaddeus, like the standardized <laughs> patient program, your work at UNC, School of Social Work. So what this means is that we'll have to talk again Absolutely. On air. I would love it. But I do want to know what is next for you because you this isn't it. I mean, you've got a whole slate coming up of other things. So where I can do. we see you next after this? Well, after this, I I am going to buzz market a, an adaptation of the Master Builder <laughs> that I'm in by yours truly. By yes, <laughs> I'm so excited that you're going to be in an adaptation of yes. the Master Builder, Little Green Pig theatrical concern in. January? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like this is um, like a really exciting season for me for so many reasons. One, it's, you know, being just having the, 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 the opportunity and the privilege to be part of Man Bites final season. I cannot, there, there's no way I would have been able to predict this, you know, with the first show that I ever did there. Mm -hmm to get to you know do this adaptation of an ibsen play which again connects back to a lot of great experiences that i've had at man bites um 
and closing out my spring, I will be going on a tour of a play called To Buy the Sun about Polly Murray. With Hidden Voices? Yes, with Hidden Voices. And I'm super excited to be, you know, sort of bringing the good word of Polly Murray mm, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, more pe- to more people and more places. That is really only the tip of the iceberg about what is next for me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Thaddeus. You are so wise and thoughtful. And (laughs) I never have the opportunity to talk to you as much as I want to. Break a leg. Thank you so much. I hope we get to work together again soon. Special thanks to Shadowbox Studio in Durham, North Carolina, where we are recording today. Check out their website, shadowboxstudio.org. For information about today's episode, show notes, and more, go to artistsoapbox.org. And we're out.